and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Week six in the National Football League. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football, as always joined by the big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, uh, great show tonight. We've got Derek Pearson from Must See TV on the current FFWC leader uh, for the 150 grand. What's going on, my man? Uh, Hey, it's going good, Scott. Uh, glad to have everybody on uh, on board, and uh, look forward to a great show. Uh, look forward to hearing from uh, Derek. Uh, I don't think I've ever, uh, you know, talked to Derek, so that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. And he's uh, the current uh, the current leader, so that's going to be good stuff. Yeah, three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. You can tweet us at Red Blue Radio. Uh, as always, this is the home of high-stakes fantasy football. We kind of started it all, man. Uh, back in the day when high-stakes was just in its infancy, we'd have on all the the, uh, the owners of the operations, the, the World Championship, the NFFC, uh, evolved into the FFPC, and now look at us now, uh, home of the Fantasy Football World Championships and ScoutFantasy.com. If you have not, checked out all of the benefits of becoming a scout member this is the time to do it i have in my hand now uh they just announced uh today the code is active for all of the red versus blue listeners it's a special one month will get you three and that'll take care of you for the entire nfl season become a scout member today and get access to all of the benefits at scout not just in fantasy which is what you're most stoked about i'm sure but all of the premium and member content for NFL, your favorite college teams, hunting, fishing, all the good stuff for, that men enjoy. So scout.com, go to the membership options, choose one month, use the, clo- use the code REDBLUE3. REDBLUE3, three, Mike, will get you three months Red for the price three. of one. Look, seven ninety five. dollars uh, We're not, you know, if, if you know what the content is all about, if you see what's going on at Scout, you'll know what I'm talking about. These guys... Uh, we have the best team, Mike, in such a short period of time. I'm so stoked to be a part of this team. Uh, the names and the cast of uh, talent that we have, the high-stakes pros, Larry Gold, Dr. Roto, Pilar Lostra, the FF girl. We got Tommy G, the best daily player. If you want to win money, uh, right. seven ninety-five. Red, blue, three. One month will get you three. Yeah, it's, and it's not just that. You know, it's not just the names. It's the uh, – you know the credibility uh, when you read uh, what goes on uh, through those articles and things like that, Scott. Uh, you know you, you can learn so much, and uh, it just boom. All it takes is one or two things from each and every one of them uh, from the team from Scout, and boom, you've nailed it. Uh, they're, they're doing a great job. I'm I'm, I'm loving the content. I, I'm a fan. I, I I get to sit here with you know what uh, I had a big hand in building this team, but now I get to kind of sit back like a fan and enjoy the articles and the content that they're putting out every single day. And, and look, you know, I would say about 75% of the content is free right now. That will change. 25% of the content is member only. And those are the things that we say, you know what, this is the content that we've never created before. If you've always been a part of FF Toolbox, thank you. You're still getting this same content you've always gotten for years and then some, a whole lot more. Uh, but we are, we do have now, look, we've got to pay the bills. 
And if you want this type of talent, they don't work for free, right? So uh, right. Look, we, we appreciate everybody's support. Uh, 795 Red Blue 3. It's our first code, Mike, our first promo code here for Scout Fantasy. So scoutfantasy.com and choose the one-month option. Use the code, and you will get three for that. And look, uh, don't lose your championship. Don't lose your chance at the playoffs for 795, right? So let's move on, Mike. Lots to talk about. And I want to run down this entire schedule of all the – all of the questionable decisions that you may have going into this weekend, I want to make sure we get those covered for at least a lot of them. If we have to do a little overtime, uh, ho- hopefully we, we won't have to. But, look, I, th- I think we've got a, a good grip on, on what these situations look like. We've studied them all week. Things are always changing all the way up until game yep. time, you know, with injuries. It looks like Vincent Jackson might actually suit up for a while there. I was really starting to warm up to Mike Evans this week. And I still am. I still am. But if Jackson is in the game, that will s- sort of change things. But then again, look, we've, we've seen the Calvin Johnson thing where he's just a decoy out there. How painful was that for us Calvin owners, Mike, the last couple of weeks, seeing him playing, but he didn't he, produce? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he was out there. Uh, it, I mean, he was uh, – it wasn't like he was uh, doubtful or out. Uh, I mean, he just – I mean, he was playing, but – there was nothing to happen, and it had to be very painful. Uh, coming in this year, uh, Calvin, I hate to say he was an enigma, but, uh, you know, it's easier said now. But, uh, you know, it's got to be tough right now. But uh, I don't know what to say about, uh, you know, if you, if you own Calvin, uh, what to do. Well, uh, what you have to do is you have to sit him. And it looks like he is going to sit now, which is thank God for fantasy owners uh, go, last week we said on uh, with our DraftKings lineup, we said if you don't use Calvin Johnson in your lineup, what are you saying? You're saying that Golden Tate's going to have a big day, right? He's the he's the yep. he's the next guy up. So if you didn't have Golden Tate in the lineup in, at DraftKings, you really missed out. And I think he was a very popular option. I think he was thirty percent or so. Um, Derek will probably be able to correct right. me on that. He's the big stats guy, but he was a very popular guy. But you had to have him in there. He had such a great week. We are also going to pick Derek's brain about the DraftKings millionaire, the second chance. They crowned a millionaire last week. They're going to do it again. So, again, uh, pretty cool to be part of this daily phenomenon that's going on. And millionaires are being formed, Mike, playing fantasy freaking football. I mean, you can literally know, just quit great. your job the next day. When you're million, quit your job. I know. I, you know, that, that's great stuff. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, it's – you know we love our uh, yearly contest uh, with uh, with FFWC and uh, and your local leagues and things like that. But you know, jump in, uh, go to DraftKings and uh, do it. But I had a buddy of mine, him and I, we jumped in, tried to get a million dollar contest uh, on a Saturday night at a bar, just on his phone. It's like, hey, come on, let's do it, let's do it. What the hell? You know, I mean, what? The, I mean, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, look, and, and, and we want to talk about uh, – we had some big stat changes this past week. I mean, I, I, I can't believe the statisticians in the last couple of weeks. The start of Macklin had the big stat change last week that affected the games. And then this week, a touchdown gets taken away. A passing touchdown to DeAnthony Thomas from Alex Smith gets taken away from Alex that. Smith, turns into a that. lateral. So if you were involved in a close game – and let me ask you this, Mike. I know the daily the daily contest, not to spark any controversy here or anything. You know, I'm a season long guy and a daily guy. Oh, man. Our roots are in season long. But I gotta ask you this question. If you're a, if you're you know, the guy that's in second place and you had uh you know you know uh, the the guy in front of you had Alex Smith and he got the credit for those points and then all of a sudden they're like, Wait, we wrote that down wrong. It wasn't a passing touchdown, it was a rushing touchdown. Can you imagine I, how you would feel when you when you go from like a hundred thousand dollar win down to like uh, you would have won a hundred thousand. Instead, you won like you know, ten grand. <laughs> yeah, Scott. You know, it does. It, it sucks. But you know, you've been on the other side of it. I've been on the other side of it. I've been on the winning side. You've been on the winning side. I've been on the losing side. I've been on the losing side. When a loss comes out, and uh, you know those, the final stats come out, it, it, it sucks. But what are you going to do? I mean, you just well, got to you got to brace yourself and just be like, wow. We honor the stat changes, and we've always prepared for it. We always say, guys, if you're in a close game, hang tight. Yeah. It's not yeah. official until Thursday. It's not official. And so when, exactly. when the stat changes come out, then it's official. But my point is, in DraftKings and in the daily contests, it's official. On Sunday, if that, they wrote a stat, if the statistician makes a mistake and credits like they did last week, credits a catch to somebody else, 
that's what happens. They, you know, it's just it's just a point blank mistake, and and that affects the outcome. They don't make stat changes over in the daily games, which is rather fascinating. But anyway, I don't want to get it carried away. I want fantasy content to talk about, and we have lots of it. So let, let's talk about uh, some one of the questions we just had on Facebook. I just had this question uh, asked of us. Mike, and I'm going to pose it to you. This Brandon Oliver kid, right? You watched, you watched this kid, right? I mean, uh-huh. uh, number 43 yep. for San Diego. It was a pretty impressive uh, little feat that we uh, this kid uh, came about and just blew up. And there were several names, uh, several people that I saw actually starting him and recommending starting him. Farrell Elliott was one. Uh, Kimra Schlisser was another. Uh, and now Guy Thompson comes to us uh, from the uh, from Facebook and asks us if it's would you start, you know, this Oliver kid over Andre Ellington? And Ellington looked fantastic. So when you when you think nope. about those two guys, what would you do, Mike? No, I, I would not. I, I mean, I like Brandon Oliver's uh, chances, uh, but let's face it, uh, San Diego they've had no semblance of a running game whatsoever. I mean, and they're trying. I mean, they're really trying to get the running game. They know they need to have the running game because they're a very very powerful team right now i mean they're one of the best in the nfl but yeah brandon oliver is not going to get it done you know i don't think so i mean maybe he will but uh you know on versus andre ellington andre ellington showed his stuff and he's he's a real deal so don't start andre ellington that's my opinion okay well you know what i think it's i do agree with you that's very rare that we do agree mike uh, but I do agree with you, but I think it's a lot closer than than you portray it to be. This kid looked absolutely fantastic, and the San Diego offense in general has looked great. Uh, Phillip Rivers having another uh, great season where he is just lighting it yeah. up, and, and this kid uh, is going to get the majority of the carries again. So when you, when you, when you look at a guy uh, like Oliver against Oakland, uh, absolutely atrocious, right? And so yep. – uh, this is this. We have him in our top ten this week, Mike. We have him in our top ten. We have wow. Brandon Oliver in our top ten. So I, I, I'm really, I'm really digging I that. Just, uh, this kid, I think, I think he could definitely repeat his performance. Well, you know, I hope he can. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's, he has the tools, but is the offensive line there for him? Because you know, let's face it, San Diego, that they've done nothing rushing wise. Oh, agreed. Uh, they have had some. Uh, they have had their fair share of uh, tough matchups. Arizona, week one. Seattle, week two. Uh, the Jets, week five. Those are good run defenses, right? Uh, Buffalo right. and Jacksonville, not so much. But you also had injuries to Ryan Matthews and Donald Brown, kind of stepping in there. So uh, they finally. I mean, this kid has. You know, he's a little. He's a little Darren Sproles-ish in him. You know, uh, not to not to use that comparison. It's been but, fun to watch. Uh, they allow Oakland allows 23 points per game. It's a 40 percent plus matchup on the game previews over at FF Toolbox. That's a great tool if you're not using that yet. Uh, 20, it's a 41 percent above average matchup uh, for that running back, and so I think he gets another shot, and I think he'll do fairly well. The receivers you haven't been able to count on week to week. Keenan Allen you haven't been able to count on. It's 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 kind of you know, Eddie Royal, Malcolm Floyd, Antonio Gates is the guy that you've been counting on. What a resurrection for him. He has to be in your lineup. Do you think it's time to cut Ladarius Green if he's on your roster, Mike? Because he's, he's occupying a spot. He hasn't been doing much, but he does represent that guy that, man, if, if if Gates decides to take a little bit of time off down the road, you know, he still seems like a guy that could produce, but he's occupying a spot right now on your roster, and you need every spot right now. Scott, I'm so glad you brought that up because I own uh, Ladarius Green in a couple of pretty good leagues, and, you know, I've been waiting, waiting, and waiting – and then when uh, Antonio busted out a couple weeks ago, I'm going, well, there, there goes uh, Ladarius. He's not he's not going to show up. So, yeah, that, that's a tough situation right there. I still believe if, you, if you're a Ladarius Green owner, you have to hold him. Uh, you have to see what's going to happen because he could be very valuable down the stretch. I really believe that. Um, so, you know, Yep, that, that's that's great that you brought that up. As far as the wide receivers, man, they're spreading around. I mean, Philip Rivers, he's smart. Uh, I mean, he's really he he's really got it. He's smart. And he's spreading it around. Well, uh, we did have several articles on Brandon Oliver this week. He's mentioned in the player upgrades for week six. 
He's mentioned in the waiver wire pickups. Obviously, uh, if he wasn't picked up already, most leagues he was, but there were a few that he was still available, and he went for a mint, Mike. We're talking four, five, six hundred dollars even in some leagues. Yeah. He was up there in the Ronnie Hillman category. Actually, he was higher than Ronnie Hillman this week. I mean, obviously for for good reason with his performance last week against the Jets, 114 sure. yards on the ground, four for 68 receiving, two touchdowns. It's a 30 burger, man. It's a 30 burger. Well, I, I you know I'm I'm going out on him, and uh, you can uh, fire off the buzzer meter if you want to, but uh, I think they overpaid for him. I'll be quite honest with you. I, I think that uh, he's overpaid because they played the Jets. The Jets, uh, they're terrible. I mean, they're really terrible. I mean, I'm going to go Charles Barkley on you. Uh, they're terrible. Terrible. Uh, terrible. They're terrible. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think the guy has uh, a lot of possibilities in that offense. That offense is strong. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't bid that much on him. No way. By the way, if you're not, uh, waivers is a very key, important element in all of the high-stakes world, FFPC, FFWC, NFFC, all use high-stakes free agent acquisition bidding. Waiver Wire Wednesday, it's the Waiver Wire on Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock at the FFWC, 10 o'clock in the other two contests, midnight for the RT Sports and MFL contest. So you you do have to uh, be ready for that, and there's nothing better than listening right now to Corey Parson and Chris Vaccaro on Wednesday nights. Uh, our newest teammates uh, over at the the takeover on Wednesday nights on FF Toolbox Radio. Make sure you check that out. Get you ready for all your fab action at eight o'clock. Uh, then on Thursday night at seven before the game, it's the take it's the uh, it's the fantasy uh, scout hour, the scout fantasy hour. I'm sorry with Jim Day Fantasy Taz. Uh, that's a great show, getting you ready for all of your Thursday night decisions. Then it's Friday night we're we're red versus blue. We're kind of kicking it. Uh, always getting uh, some of the best players in the world to join us. And there's not anybody better right now than the number one team in the world in the Fantasy Football World Championship must-see TV franchise. Nelson Souza, Derek Pearson, and David Hubbard formed this team uh, a couple years ago, and now they're strutting this stuff. They're number one team right now through five weeks. Still a long way to go. But we wanted right. to get Derek, uh, Derek on the show tonight. And, Derek, are you with us? Yeah, hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, hey, there he is, Derek Pearson. Derek Pearson, tell everybody where you're from. You're from Missouri, aren't you? Don't you live in Missouri? Yeah, St. Louis, home of the NLCS right now. Oh, nice. my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Here we go, Derek. No baseball reference. No, I got to go baseball real quick with you, Derek. Uh, hey, it's Mike. Uh, hey, man, your Cardinals, uh, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough, but uh, so is San Fran. So it'll be a good series. Yes, sir. Hopefully we can uh, return the favor for uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, we'll, we'll go back to the World Series this year. Yep. Wait, wait. Are, are those the two teams that are in the World Series? No. What? Uh, Scott, come on. Give me a break, wait. dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Mike's a Reds fan, bro. Uh, a Reds oh, okay. fan and yeah. Cardinal fan. They don't get along too well, right? Isn't that a heated rivalry? If no, there's one team no. that's the Reds uh, rivalry, wait. who is it, Mike? We, we I, I can't stand the Cardinals. I can't stand – hey, cut dry and simple. I can't stand the Cardinals. I hate the Cardinals. Uh, I love Mike Matheny, though. I love Mike Matheny. Yeah. We'll wow. send Jockety over there and some other the uh, the uh, the guys, and they'll help you out for a yeah, while. You, you, yeah, you, yeah, you gave us Jockety, and we're, we're still <laughs> struggling. We... <laughs> All right, Mike. Mike. It's funny no more. Stuff. No more baseball talk. No more. We we kill off baseball as, as of August. No more baseball talk. Uh, I think Derek, Derek and Pearson, I could talk baseball for about an uh, hour. I know. I, to be honest with I you. Know. I'm sure you could, but not on this show. Not on this show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk to Derek. Derek, welcome to Red versus Blue. Kind of a kind of a debut for you, man. I mean, we've been waiting to get you on here for a long time, and 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 what a better time! I was kind of waiting for that right time. Boom! You're on the top of the leaderboard at the FFWC. A heck of a team, and. And I don't know if you saw it in the newsletter, but I kind of like to recap, you know, for the guys that's sitting at home, what does the best team in the FFWC look like? How did they draft? And that'll help people in the future, right? I mean, it kind of exposes your guys' secrets. But here we go. It was a wide receiver-heavy team that they put together, Mike, right out of the bat, and this has been kind of the trend at FFWC. I'm going to let Derek expand on that a little bit. Uh, out of the nine hole, interesting to note that out of the nine hole, both the Roto Bowl leader and the FFWC leader – drafted out of the nine hole. That's kind of interesting. But here wow. we go. The ninth pick, Julio Jones, Jordy Nelson at 2-4, Arian Foster at 3-9, Larry Fitzgerald at 4-4, four, four, 
Jeremy Macklin at 5'9", Golden Tate at 6'4". We're going to talk about that pick. That's a little early uh, for a Golden Tate. 7'9", was Marcus Wheaton. Hasn't got there yet. 8'4", Andre Ellington. This was a live draft on Saturday, 9'6", in Vegas. Uh, so this was when Ellington was feared to be maybe even lost. for the. You know, We don't know what's going to happen. Everybody was scared to death to touch him and waste a pick, but he landed to 8'4", Andre Ellington. 9'9", Bernard Pierce, no help there. 10'4", Matt Ryan. And you also drafted uh, Ronnie Hillman in the 13th round, which may pay some dividends now. So, Derek, talk about that team. Wide receiver heavy, four out of the first five rounds. Is that tell, – tell us about what, what was going on there. Um, yeah, well, uh, just first off, thanks thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, my partners and I, uh, David and Nelson, we're, uh, we're excited to be where we are right now. And it's a long season, though. But this was right. one, uh, one of the teams that, yeah, we did do out there. Um, and uh you know it's it's just with any like any draft that we do it's we sit back and and we just kind of take what is there and and kind of analyze how the flow is going and and then just adapt to what we what we were trying to do and we like going we liked going uh two wide outs of course here and Julio Julio in the first round is somebody that we really wanted to get some exposure to in, in these main events and uh I mean he just looked explosive anybody that watched hard knocks saw how good he looked uh looks like he was fully recovered from that that foot issue and and he's just uh he's got burst like uh very very few if any do in the NFL so he's a great first round pick Jordy um you know I think we've all seen how uh Jordy looks this year that's how kind of we thought he'd look uh, with Rogers back. He was on pace last year for a huge year before Rogers went down, and they've picked right back up where uh, where they've left off. Um, actually, funny story about that. They're yeah. boys, obviously. Um, we uh, we did a uh, fantasy football draft at Bush Stadium, hosted by Adam Wainwright uh, for a charity yeah. league, and Jordy and Aaron were actually there that day. Um, Packers oh. were in town to play the Rams, and Jordy and Aaron came to the stadium together and they were palling around. So, you know, enough said. They're they're boys. We'll take them there. Uh, get to production. So, we're getting that back and, in the third round. Go ahead. No, no, that's great. No, you did. You went four wide receivers out of five picks, and everybody. And, and we have seen this as a as a trend in the FFWC, right? And and I've heard even people, you know, at the FFPC, they got the tight end thing going on. It kind of mixes up their draft, and and some people say. Yeah, well, you draft a lot of wide receivers. Well, and, and my rebuttal to that is great. I was like, this is a wide receiver league now, man. Wide receivers are so deep, so interesting. It's the best position in fantasy football right now. It has surpassed running back, and obviously you felt the same way. You drafted four out of the first five. Right, yeah, more. That's, that's the theory. Um, you start in 11 guys with two flexes and three wideouts you have to start. It's very important in a format like this to have depth, and not only have depth, but good depth. So – yeah, um, the targets and, and the percentage of offense going to wideouts, um, you know, especially on high-powered offenses like Atlanta, Green Bay, Golden Tate down there in Detroit, uh, moving around with Calvin on the other side when he's healthy and Macklin in, in Philly. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's what you want. And then you just kind of see what the draft gives you in terms of running backs. We got one we liked in Foster in the third round. Um, if If he's healthy, like, you know, well, David, he has been. David and Nelson, <laughs> yeah, David, David Hubbard and, and Nelson both say, you know, Foster's healthy. Uh, he's the best back in the league. Uh, you know, that's how we feel about him, and he's a gift there in the third round. Um, then, obviously, Ellington in the eighth is, is, uh, was a pick that uh, that was, that was uh, Nelson, Nelson threw that out there as, hey, you know, this is, this is, this is a spot where we got to take a chance on him, right? <laughs> And yeah. uh, it was so late for him, you know, even even we were questioning ourselves for, for a minute. But uh, obviously, you take a shot there, it's the eighth round. I think we've all made worse eighth-round picks than that. So yeah. uh, just go from there. Sure. Well, Derek, uh, let, let, me, let me jump in real quick. Uh, you drafted from the nine hole, correct? Yes, sir. And uh, you were uh... – you know, I heard you uh, in the intro. You said you were looking at others and uh, around your draft table. And uh, so, uh, when you're drafting like that, do you look at others and who they're taking, or do you pretty much stay uh, specifically on yourself and uh, and your own team? Um, 
while you're drafting? Yeah, it's it's not necessarily the uh, the other players. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, some some guys we have an idea of who they like and maybe possibly where they might take them or if they might push them up a round or two or uh, so forth. But it's it's more for us. It's it's just more looking at the board, uh, seeing uh, you know coming back to somebody that maybe took two wideouts like we did here, or two backs in the first round. What are they going to target? You know, and not this, not only this next round, this round, but the next round before it gets back to us. So, if we if we like a guy, you know, and I heard Scott mention the tape pick, that's kind of a prime example of that. Um, we looked at the board, we had an idea that possibly Tate might not be there on the way back, and we liked him there. We we liked his potential in the offense, and you know, if you like a guy. Um, you know, my, my my thought is just take him. You know, who cares what the ADP yeah. says? Who cares if people right. think you take him too early? Take right. the guy and move on. So, and I and I and I think you got value too with Jeremy Macklin. I think that was after the game that we saw in the preseason when he went down, and we're like, oh god, he's done. He, he did it again, and then he got back up. And I think that freaked everybody out on Macklin a little bit, and his stock fell a little bit. But you decided that you were still going to take him as a fifth round pick. And that's really worked out for you. So, Macklin, Tate, these are guys that are in the top ten. I'm looking at guys uh, – I remember you guys You guys were the ones that, that called uh, – Nelson specifically on his, uh, on his website. You guys called Eddie Lacy your first-round bust, and I think you've been pretty rewarded for that. I mean, only 60 points so far for this year. Between Lacy and Monty Ball right now, both those guys have been absolute turds. And then, of course, Peterson. Uh, nobody expected that, but – uh, there's a couple of backs up here, Derek, that I wanted to get your feedback on. Ahmad Bradshaw is the fifth best back right now in FFWC scoring. Justin Forsett is number seven. And Fred Jackson is number eight. Those are guys that we really would have never put up there in the top ten. Out of those three, who do you think has the the most potential to, to stay up there in the top ten and finish out strong? Um, well, I guess just working through each scenario, I mean, Bradshaw's been, been – he's been good. He's also been uh, he's also if you look at his, his stat line he's been very consistent in terms of he's in that 10 to 18 point range. He's had a lot of receiving touchdowns. I don't know if that pace keeps up. Um, if they stick with T. Rich, he's their goal line guy. Uh, so it's not like Bradshaw's going to come in there and pound it in. I think he uh, I think he does see regression. Uh, Fred Jackson in Buffalo. Uh, that coaching staff just continues to amaze us. Uh, you know they've got they've got a huge playmaker in Spiller and and really it's a question of do they realize how to get him in space and how to get him the ball and how to get him more touches or do they just you know keep feeding the ball to Fred Jackson as their uh, as their steady Eddie guy um, so I you know I see that I see him probably as as a guy that he's done it before he can certainly stay where he is um, and that br- brings me to Forsett they've got three backs there. You know, they've got Pierce, who was banged up a little bit, and I think they're trying to get him back in the flow. And Talaferio, uh, Talaferio who's, who's the rookie that they're high on, is a, he's a pounder too. I think Forsett can stay consistent in the passing game. Uh, he, he, he's, yeah. a, he's a Kubiak system guy. Yeah. Um, I'd say it would be him or, her, him or Fred Jackson with a slight edge to Jackson. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I give the slight edge uh, to Jackson, but uh, Bradshaw looks pretty well. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm so scared of Forsett in in that offense because uh, you know I I feel like he's going to be all right, but uh, I'm just it just it scares me. But uh, Bradshaw uh, Bradshaw looks fine, and uh, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm scared of Forsett right now. I think it's I think it's still four set and and I I agree with Derek I, I think it's still four set he's the guy it's interesting to me because four set we kind of know who he is but he's looked really good and and then when you talk about the explosiveness like of uh, the two younger guys in both those situations uh, in, in Colts it's Trent Richardson and Buffalo it's CJ Spiller look at their yards per carry CJ Spiller's averaging again three point five to Fred Jackson's four point seven and in Indianapolis Trent Richardson three point two doing the exact same thing he did last year, Ahmad Bradshaw, 4.7. I mean, it's a no-brainer. The older guys are getting it done, and the younger guys need to take a seat. Uh, it, it's, it's fascinating right. to me that uh, Ahmad Bradshaw is being used in that way with the five receiving touchdowns. Uh, 
Derek, we also uh, let, let's talk about Golden Tate this week. If you know, it sounds like Calvin's going to sit, and and if that's the case, Golden Tate doesn't have it as easy now, even with Golden with with Calvin being out there. So that means that he's going to be locked up on Minnesota's top corner. Now that, that doesn't sound so difficult to me since Minnesota. Uh, what what do you, what do you think of that? He's st- obviously he's still a must start. Yeah, he's he's still a must start, uh, even with Calvin. Um, out. I mean, he is going to move into the number one role. Um, the the biggest thing is, I mean, the targets the targets are going to have to go somewhere regardless. Um, Stafford's going to have to throw the ball, especially with Bush out too. And uh, yeah. you know, if, if Joyke Bell's going to be in there playing, but Golden Tate's going to get his fair share of targets no matter who's on him. Uh, they're going to move him yeah. around the formation, and and uh, you know, he's been a pretty high floor guy so far. And yeah. um, even with Calvin banged up the last couple weeks. I think he I think he continues to get it done and has a nice week. Let me yeah, let me Minnesota, ask you Minnesota's bad. Yeah, let me ask you guys a, a question real quick, Derek and Scott. Uh is it time to put uh Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson and the entire Detroit Lions specialty players to bed? Um, I I mean I don't. I don't think so, um, Calvin. I mean, the, the guy I'd be most worried about is. I mean, if you have a better option, um, is Stafford. He uh, he relies on Calvin for a lot of production, and especially with Bush out now, probably um, you've got Bell and Bell and Tate left. I mean, I think there'll be production there. It's just not going to be full uh, full core of full complement of player production for Stafford. Yeah, it, and we did see. I mean, really, we did see Stafford get dropped too. We saw Stafford get dropped, Derek, in the um, in the FFWC last week. Stafford yeah. was dropped for Eli Manning. What do you think of that? <laughs> Makes sense. I uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a, just uh, an overreaction. I, I don't think there's need for that. <laughs> well, if, uh, I mean, Stafford's I'm, your, I'm, I'm, if, if Stafford's your worst drop, then uh, I want to see that team. I, well, that's true, but uh, you know, I'm having a I'm having a tough time uh, wrapping my head around Detroit and anybody uh, from them right now. It's yeah, tough. right. I, I I think the the key word there, the key phrase is right now. Um, I think people. I mean, Calvin's been out for the year. Bush isn't out for the year. Um, you know, Joyce Bell uh, had a concussion and he was he sat uh, last week, so. Right now, yeah, Eli might be a better start. Gotcha. Um, that's kind of what I was getting to with if you have a better option to Stafford. But, you know, there's still a lot of weeks to go. Those guys will get healthy, and, and Stafford might be able to push somebody over the top at the end. Um, so he's a he's a hold was, at least. By, by the so way, uh, that was Matt <laughs> Camp, guys. Matt Camp from Fantasy Guru. Uh, he's playing in the FFWC. He did that. I don't know if that's. For the radio show, you know, or something like that, but you're kind of—it's kind of like you know—you did just drop Matt Stafford right to somebody, and maybe he wanted to, um, maybe he saw it as a lateral move in a way to wipe out one team's blind bidding money. I don't know. He went—I think he went for a lot of money. It's just I, interesting. I would love to get his uh, reasoning for that. Scott, I, I love the way—I love the way Derek put it. it. It was almost like Aaron Rodgers put it. Relax. R E L A. Relax. That was great. Uh, look, we, we have some situations to monitor. I want to get Derek's uh, feedback here. You did draft Ronnie Hillman uh, in this championship team. Derek mm-hmm. Pearson, part of uh, Must See TV franchise, joined us. They got the number one team in the Fantasy Football World Championship. So we're picking his brain a little bit while we got him in the air. Uh, the Bronco backfield looks like it's going to be a, a running back by committee, but give me your thoughts on that backfield situation. I'm sure you guys had this was a top discussion for your for your trio here to discuss what to think about this situation is because we've seen Ronnie Hillman before in the past and nothing special. Now last week he looked a lot better and he had some burst. Uh, we didn't see CJ Anderson. He wasn't activated. And then we've got this kid, Jawan Thompson. Talk, talk to the listeners about what you think and foresee out of this backfield. Sure. Um, yeah, we did, we did draft Hillman um, on that team and we, we drafted him kind of along the same lines of what you just said, Scott, about last week. He did look different. He did show some burst. He uh, he showed that some in camp and uh, a little bit in the preseason. And we, you know, we we knew balls balls kind of in the lacy camp with uh, type of backs they are. And we knew that if anything ever happened to ball, I mean, 
in Peyton we trust with uh, any one of those backs and, and Hillman being probably the next guy up. So, you know, put him on the team and, and see what happens. And now we're in the situation where something has happened. And uh, Hillman steps into that lead role. Um, they're calling it a committee. Um, and But Hillman will be the lead guy. Even when the ball was healthy, Hillman played. And, um, you know, Hillman will get, I think I read the stat, 55 or 60% of the the, uh, the the running back snaps and and they'll work Thompson and, and Anderson in as well. Um, I think Anderson last week was inactive because they wanted uh, somebody else to help out on special teams. I think it was the Thompson kid, so um, but right. he is going to be active this week. Um, but Hillman will be the lead guy. Um, you know, versus versus the Jets on paper, it doesn't look like a great running matchup, but. You know, Peyton can get something out of anybody, so um, he's he's definitely a, a guy to consider for a start, depending on how your how your team shakes out and what your options are. And it's and it's against the New York Jets. Typically, that's not a good matchup for running backs, uh, and it is a Peyton Manning team. But Moreno always looked good, uh, no matter who they played against. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that backfield. Let's talk about uh, Darren Sproles for a second. I don't know if you guys have rostered him in, across all of your leagues, but he's been kind of an enigma. The first couple of weeks he did fantastic, and he's really impacting LaShawn McCoy. Let's face it, uh, we, we asked that question a thousand times in the preseason. What kind of an impact <laughs> is Sproles going to have on McCoy? And most of the consensus was not much. You might bump If he was your number one guy, you might bump him to number two, no lower than number three. It, that just hasn't been the case. What do you expect out of for LaShawn McCoy owners? Uh, what do you, what do you, how do you see this shaking out? Because it doesn't seem like you can count on either of these guys right now. Yeah, that's that's another situation where you know I think I think people it, it's easy to get impatient, um, but and yeah, but it is shady. Um, I mean he's got he's got all the talent in the world. You know people got to just hang in there. We we have shady on teams, so you know believe me we've thought about it and discussed it. But I think a lot of it has to do with. Um, you know, is he? I mean, is he playing through an injury? I think Chip Kelly answered that the other day. He's not. He's not getting treatment for anything. He's not hurt. But I think it's a lot about what their protection schemes and their their offensive line has been going through here early in the season. And um, I think they've been trying to sort that out. And you know, we all see Shady get cute back there, trying to dance around and make something out of nothing. And it's just impacting him more than more than ever now. So. Um, I think that, you know, they'll come around. I think they got somebody back this week um, on their line. I, the name slips me, but um, that should help him. Uh, Foles needs to be a little bit more productive as well. Um, he'll get going. Just, you know, just got to hang in there with him. What are you going to do, drop him? <laughs> I mean, no. So. No, no, yeah, you're yeah. kind of <laughs> stuck. You're kind of stuck, but it makes you feel like, damn, I should have just went ahead and drafted Marshawn Lynch. Everybody hated the guy. And, right. You know why did we hate him? You know were we just down on him because you get you get paid and and you you miss some time and you're usually not your best and and look Marshawn Lynch is just dominating every single week they're using him out of the you know, out of receiving uh, sets and he's just doing a fantastic job he, he it's it's he Russell Will, uh, Russell Wilson Lynch and and Harvin that trio is really looking fantastic Mike what were you gonna say Yeah it's kind of funny Scott uh, you know uh, uh, Derek and yeah. You, you have to go with him. I mean, you have to go with Shady oh, yeah. and just say, For "Hey, sure. you know, things 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 are going to happen uh, that they're going to turn." Uh, I don't know if, if they're, you know, if a lot of teams are uh, getting getting on to Chip Kelly's offense or what the heck's going on. But uh, you know, the bottom line is uh, Shady. I mean, he has a ton of talent. So uh, you know, I have him in uh, one big league, and uh, I'm going to stick with him and. You know, I mean, we would never drop him, obviously, but uh, and as he's a, far he's as an, uh, st- he's an interesting what? play at DraftKings this week. He's he's, a, he's kind of a value play for me at DraftKings. I think yeah, I think we could yeah. see him being heavily utilized this week. Let's I move too. on to Miami, man. Let's move on to Miami. Lamar Miller. There's still a lot of running back questions. It seems like more than the wide receiver position. The, the running back position is just confusing because you just don't know what you're going to get. Andre Williams looks like a must start, but when you're talking about a Lamar Miller in Miami or a Noshawn Moreno, he, with Moreno being back, how many snaps is he going to see? Is it, if it's a 50-50 backfield, does it ruin their value? Because Lamar Miller was just starting to get heated up, and now you're bringing Moreno in. Derek, which, which of these guys do you trust over the long term, if either? Um, I, I mean, uh, I like Miller. Um you know, he gets a lot of production. He's going to get a lot of production in the passing game as well. Um, I also read earlier today that 
Marino was was practicing earlier in the week, but he was having trouble with the uh, adjusting to the brace right. that was on his dislocated elbow. So they don't they don't really know if he's going to play half snaps or if they're just going to work him in as kind of a sub and let Miller take take the lead uh, again this week versus a porous Green Bay run defense that that can be had. So I personally think Miller gets you know gets the start and gets the majority of carries this week. Maybe they put Marino out there a little bit just to see how he can take contact in, in a game. Um, but I, I don't – I mean, he looks good. If, if the coaching staff is smart there, they'll they'll stick with what they've got and, and build around him rather than taking him back and, and setting their offense back a little bit. I love uh, – yeah, I love the uh, Miami uh, wideouts in this game. This over and under is 49. Mm-hmm. Vegas – Vegas is not stupid. It's a, it's the third largest over and under, and maybe they're just guessing that Green Bay is going to blow them out forty nine to nothing. No, I don't think so. No, uh, no. I really love the wideouts in this game. I, I think it's okay. going to be a, th- th- this game may be a free for all. I like mm-hmm. the I like the running backs usually for if you're playing against Green Bay, you know your running backs are going to have a big day, right? Like in week one, we knew Marshawn Lynch through the wall. True. Uh, Green Bay is very soft in the middle. I think they could pound Lamar Miller and uh, open things up for Tannehill. You're going to have to keep up with Green Bay. Miami has a really good defense, and I know they didn't look so good in the big game uh, earlier in the year against, um, who was that, KC, right? KC kind of rolled them up. But uh, the rest of the – most of the time they've been doing pretty well, and so it'll be interesting to see what how, how that shakes out. It's just I, I'm just having a hard time figuring out what to do with these running backs, which ones to start. Uh, the, yeah. There's there's other yeah. ones too that are giving me fits. Derek Shane Vereen is giving me a fit. I own him in a lot of places, and also um, uh, the other one was Matt Asiata, who I you know who we picked up and looked pretty good, but it just seems like he's you know he's dependent on the touchdown. So he's almost like an Alfred Morris. He's going to get carries. If, if he gets you touchdowns, he's great. If not, he's a turd. So. Talk about yeah. Shane Vereen first and then move on to uh, Minnesota. Yeah, uh, Vereen's – I mean, Vereen's a guy we have as well. Uh, he's he's kind of uh, he's kind of an enigma right now. Um, <laughs> you know, I was we were just talking last night how he wished that uh, the Pats would consistently use Vereen like they do uh, Bradshaw and Indy. Uh, look at the production that he has as a, as a back like that. And, and look at week one how they used Vereen and, and look what he did. I mean, they, they even had him in for goal line carries there and he put up a big week. Um, New England needs spark to their offense. Um, they need somebody like Vereen in there. I think that you do have to stick with him, um, you know, and just, and just roll with him. If you've got better option, a very, very good option, then of course you can, you can have that discussion, but you know, you drafted him for a reason. They'll eventually get it going. Brady looked better last week. Their offense looked better, so hopefully that includes Vereen uh, moving forward. Um, Asiata, uh, the Minnesota situation, um, <laughs> Matt Asiata uh, is affectionately known in our group as the plow horse, <laughs> just for <laughs> that very reason. <laughs> he, uh, he is dependent uh, – the, he is dependent on the touchdown, like you said, Scott, much yeah. like the the Butler, Alfred Morris, and uh, T. Rich. All similar backs. He's facing Detroit this week. Uh, not a guy that I would really love having in the lineup as a starter. Um, he runs with power. I mean, you know, he looked good versus Green Bay, but then again, it was Green Bay. Uh, if you're looking for juice, I think if you've got to start one of those Minnesota backs, if you're looking for juice, you, you probably want to lean McKinnon even over over Asiata yeah. this week, especially with Bridgewater well, in there. Let's go. Let's go from one backfield to the to the final uh, backfield that was very active in waivers this Wednesday, and you probably know which one I'm talking about. It's Jacksonville. We saw a lot of Gerhart drops. Yeah. We saw Gerhart people finally giving up on Gerhart and saying, you know what, enough's enough, and some bids on Storm Johnson. Storm Johnson was getting more play than some of the other active, uh, you know, waiver wire targets this week, which I found interesting. And I, is it due to opportunity or talent? I mean, I'm a Louisville guy, so obviously I saw him. He was responsible. He, more so than Blake Bortles, Mike. I, Storm Johnson was the reason why Louisville lost that game and didn't go undefeated that year. So 
he, he looked good in college, but he didn't get much love in the uh, in the NFL scouts. And now here he's going to get an opportunity. We've only seen him touch the ball, I think, four times in the NFL. But it sounds like he's going to get a bigger workload. Did you guys go after him at all uh, this past week, Derek? Uh, yeah, we no, sure did. Uh, oh, go ahead, Derek. Okay. Uh, yeah, we we went after Storm in places. Um, sure. And the reason was he. Uh, I mean, yeah, Gerhardt. Gerhardt is basically who who uh who who he looked like he he was early. Um yeah. he's 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 a guy that you know he just he just can't get it done. So um the the backfield there has always kind of interested us since the beginning of the year. Uh we, we dabbled in Todman and Robinson as well. Um you know the thing that drew us to Storm was uh you know and, and Nelson was a was was a guy that was uh really pulling this out for us doing the research on that this week so gotta give him credit there. But he was a guy that that we were talking about picking up Storm before that news came out um, about him possibly getting more work this week. And, um, you know, Storm's a guy that I think the coach commented that he had a really nice yard, uh, 20-plus yard run, and and it wasn't even blocked well. So right there tells tells me that, you know, tells us that the coaching staff is confident in him. So, you know, they're going to give him a shot. Bernard Robinson is a third down back, uh, Todman. You know, they gave him a chance, and, and he's more along the same lines. I personally think they want to see what they got in this kid and let him and, and the young Bortles work together with those young wideouts and see what kind of core they have moving forward. Yeah, you know, I'm watching the, I'm watching the Kansas City Royals play baseball right now. And oh, God. No, hold on now, Scott. What I'm seeing is, you know, I saw a team uh, about two, three years ago that really – you know, didn't have a a lot, but they had a lot of talent. I'm seeing that in Jacksonville. Now, this is going to blow your mind, Derek and Scott, but uh, I really believe uh, with some of the young talent, if they can build uh, within the, uh, their their system, they can do that. And yeah. you know, I, I, like I love Storm Johnson. I like yep. the coaching staff. I, I think I think I think Mint uh, in the chat room. By the way, the crew, some of the best minds in uh, the world of high stakes fantasy football, always in the chat room here. Uh, Mint says Bortles doesn't have time to even dump off either. Storm doesn't have a good offensive line. Yeah, I agree with you. The Jacksonville offensive line is terrible, uh, and yep. so it will be interesting. And they're going to be behind a lot, so it, so it's it is one of those situations where they're going to have to throw, and Bortles is going to have to win some games. You lose your top tight end, though. That's problem problematic. Let's talk tight end. We have one tight end that I want to bring up, and he was active in the waivers, Derek. Uh, Tim Wright, I think he was worth some bids this week. I felt like he, I felt like the offense for New England looks better with he and Gronkowski on the field at the same time. Do you think, that's, or, you think that we're going to see more of that this year, or we're we going to see the same traditional three wide receiver sets that just aren't working? Uh, no, I, I definitely think that we'll see more of, of the right packages. Um, you know, if, if you sit down and you break it down and think about it, um, you know, the, the Patriots offense, it, the Patriots p- playbook itself is, is very complicated. You look at some of the guys that, that have gone there, um, you know, and just not succeeded um, because of, they can't grasp the system or they, they don't know where they're supposed to be. And then Brady gets frustrated with you. I, I think that the first few weeks, the right was there after the trade. He he's put in his work to try to get that roll down, and and the Patriots, you know, they're they're functioning like like they did last week, like when Hernandez and Gronk played played like that, and and Wright was was filling some of that old Hernandez type role and and um, and route assignments. So if you know they're not getting it done with the three wideouts, so you know look for more of that two wideout set with with Wright on the field. Um, possibly growing in that role as as we get further along in the season, and um, we speculated on him for that very reason, and, and oh, based on that same analysis, and hey, he's worth a shot if he does fill that role, and he could have some big value moving forward. Yeah, with the AJ Green injury, uh, some people I even saw some Jermaine Gresham pickups, thinking that maybe this is a situational pickup. And maybe, you know, what with the injuries, they got to throw to somebody, and it's in a game against Carolina, and their defense hasn't been as good as it used to be. Uh, Tim Wright or Jermaine Gresham this week for those Jimmy Graham owners who didn't really back up their tight end? Um, yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I, I personally, I mean, I I think it's right. Um, I, I would I would start right there. Gresham's been there before, and he's had his, 
had his shots even um, to, to get more targets and, and receptions. And I just – he hasn't got it done there before. I, I would go with the juice if you need it and, and, and start right. Mike, which one? What, what about you? Graham's on by. You got would, Wright I, and Jermaine Gresham. I, I would go. I would go Gresham. Uh, okay. The the only reason is because uh, uh, with AJ Green being out, uh, it's going to be another opportunity. Uh, they're going to have Muhammad Sanu. Uh, he's going to have a big game. Uh, Cincinnati's at home. Uh, I I just I, I got to go Gresham there because there's yeah. too many balls that can be. Uh, delivered around, and I expect uh, Julian Edelman to have a big game for uh, New England. So I, I would go I'd go Gresham. I'm going to share some of that uh, Chris Vaccaro knowledge that he dropped on us on Wednesday night at the takeover with Corey Parson. He said, you know what Cincinnati needs? He's like, Cincinnati needs Tyler Eifert. And it's a sneaky kind of a pickup right now. Probably this week is the week you should probably go ahead and put a bid, a, a dollar or $2 bid in on him just to go ahead and grab him if he's out there. If he was dropped in your league – He's going to come back in a couple of weeks, and this offense, I think, desperately needs him. Uh, he's a playmaker. We know what he's capable of. He has to be healthy and has to be on the field to help Andy Dalton. But when you have these kinds of injuries piling up all around Andy Dalton, you're not giving him much to work with. So I think it's a nice little sneaky play uh, advice by Chris Vaccaro to go ahead and pick him up. The, the rookie tight ends, Safarian Jenkins, a lot of people were high on last week, didn't produce. Eric Ebron, a lot of people were high on, uh, didn't produce. This week, it might be a little different, if, especially if VJAX and Calvin both sit. You would think that Ebron and Safarian Jenkins are both have an opportunity here to produce in that offense. So which one of those do you like better, if either, uh, Derek? Yeah, no, that's that's right on point. Um, you know, uh, I personally, I like Ebron. Um, he, I think he can produce, especially with Calvin. Calvin's for sure. I, I, I don't think Calvin plays, and I don't think Bush plays either. So, yeah. Similar, you know, they've they've got Tate and they've got some other those uh, wideouts on the outside. They've Ebron's going to have to step up. He's shown he can. So, um, I'd, I'd and Evans is back probably for Tampa this week. So I would I would lean Ebron. Yep, and you get looks like Jordan Cameron is finally healthy. The injuries are past him. I think you can put him back into your lineup with a little bit of confidence compared to what you've had what you've seen in the last you know start of the season here. It's not been good at all. But I think with injuries behind him, the shoulder injury behind him, I think now is the time that we, we start to see Cameron back into that, you know, that potential of, a, of being a tight end one again. Right now he's not even you know, tight end two material. But uh, I think maybe this is the week that Cameron gets back going on the radar. Derek, let's yep. talk uh, again. Good luck in the FFWC. I hope the red versus blue curse is not alive and well like it has been in the past. <laughs> uh, but let's talk DraftKings real quick. Uh, everybody's going for the million. You can literally win a million dollars and quit your job. It's kind of the goal for a lot of people out there. And so for 27 bucks, I'm sure you guys are heavily invested in DraftKings. I see your name on the leaderboards in a lot of uh, contests. I don't you, – you play the – you obviously take a couple shots at the, um, at the GPPs, right? Yeah, we sure do. Um, we approach it, I mean – we have a we have a team of three, so we we each kind of uh, do our own thought process and put lineups together throughout the week, and then we uh, compare notes Saturday night when we have our lineup calls, and um, we kind of uh, go from there and, and get three different perspectives and groups of teams in in the contest and take a shot at it. Well, you're back to Golden Tate. You obviously have to consider him at 6,300. I think Andre Williams at 5,400 will be interesting to see if people will pay that. But, again, it's a starting running back, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, who, who are some of the value plays or some of the must guys that you, you think need to be in the lineup this week? Um, well, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I like uh, thirty-seven hundred. Like Bell. Yeah, some of those cheap backs, Joyke Bell, uh, you know, Ronnie Hillman's 3K, uh you know, people being contrarian in a big tournament, you could even stick Storm Johnson in there at 3K or Benny Cunningham in at 3K with uh, with him looking really better than Stacy and having some juice on Monday night for you. Um, yeah. Those are guys that that you have to consider. Um, the you know some of the other guys that stick out to me. You mentioned Tate at 6300. I think another guy that's going to be highly owned at that level is Marshall at 6300. Um, you know, I don't think I'm fooling anybody on that. Marshall sticks out like a sore, sore thumb. Um, another guy that, that that's out there is, um, is 
is Welker. I like Welker this week um, at 5,600. I think that he is – he's a play that, you know, everybody's going to go after Demarius and and uh, Julius uh, versus the Jets. But, but I think huh. that Welker's back in the groove now. I think he's been back a couple weeks. He's he's uh, he's, you know, he's he's had consistent production the past couple of weeks. I think that Peyton gets him going this week. Um, he's a guy that that has a high floor and uh, could give you some upside at that price. And, Would you uh, ever consider a Brandon LaFell in your lineup? I mean, back to the well with Brandon LaFell, man. I mean, it's thirty four hundred. It's it seems like that one big game against Kansas City kind of gave me some hope that I, I said, you know what, maybe this guy could uh, produce in this offense. And it sounded like Tom Brady wanted to get him the ball. And then they kind of uh, threw him a catch early in the Cincinnati game. It didn't really look his way much at all after that. Uh, well, the, the, he hit him in the bread basket at the end of the game and, and didn't uh, didn't catch it. But Nope, dropped it. <laughs> dropped it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, you play LaFell down there. To, uh, it's the Pats offense. You just – you don't. I don't even think they know sometimes what they're going to do until they put their inactive right. report out. So, right. uh, you're really rolling the dice with a LaFell at 3,400, where you got you could have a guy like Hillman or uh, Hillman for 400 less or Joyt for 300 more that you know that they're guaranteed touches and a workload, yeah. and uh, you protect yourself a little bit better there. Uh, there's really no need to to take uh, to take that big of a gamble on on LaFell, but you know some people will. Um, well, and then finally, Corderell Patterson, uh, forty-two hundred. I think that's going to be that's his low of the season so far, where we've seen him fall. And it seems like he's just one one catch away from popping you fifteen points. Yeah. So yeah. seems like there's an opportunity there for some coverage. Definitely, uh, Cord Pat is a guy that you know he just hadn't gotten going yet. Um, if if you're looking for a guy that could throw up a thirty-five point game. Um, you know, at a cheap price, he's definitely a guy I expect to see in lineups just for that very reason. When you play these GPPs, you look for those guys that, that could really put up that hang a, hang a 35 or a 40 spot on you, and he definitely fits that mold. And can we finally yeah, get a Bishop Sankey sighting, Mike? I've been waiting for Bishop Sankey. I got Man, I'll tell, tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I, I, you know, I, I wrote him down uh, about 15 minutes ago, and uh, Derek – Bishop Sankey, when could it happen this week? I mean, at home. Well, I mean, he, his footwork's right, <laughs> isn't that what the, uh, <laughs> the coach has been uh, harping on him? I, I don't know why he's holding him back. Obviously, it's not the footwork. It's I don't know whether well, what's going on with the with the with the team in that right. regard, but. It's it's all about opportunity in the NFL. Green, you know, Sean Green's going to be out this week. So, uh, you know, Sankey's going to give us, get his shot versus, uh, versus a defense that can get it done against. So, just uh, if there's any time to do it, it's, it's this week. This now. Derek Pearson, Musty TV, dropping the knowledge for everybody at home. Thank you for staying on a little longer than normal, uh, Derek. We really appreciate it. A lot of fun and good luck. Let me ask you a question. Have you guys, as a unit, Musty TV franchise, have you guys been uh-huh. number one atop any of the big three national contests? Uh, yeah, last last year we we led the FFPC main event for a couple of weeks around the same time of year. So. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, it's time to uh, keep it up there, man. Keep keep it up and uh, awesome. take home that uh, take home that first trophy. Yeah, yep. I appreciate it. Thanks thanks for uh, having having me on tonight. I, uh, it was a great time talking to you guys, and I look forward to hopefully doing it again. Derek, awesome. thanks again, and uh, no curse, man. Keep rock and roll, bub. No worries. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys later. All right. Derek Pearson from Must See TV Franchise. If you've been playing in the industry any amount of time around high stakes, FFWC, NFFC, FFPC, you know the name. You've battled against him. I even battled against him in a couple of leagues this year. I think I've done okay, but uh, we'll see. But, hey, Mike, fun show. Good luck this week. I, I, I'm sorry Scott. that I had Good to put that to beat down on you this week, but that's uh, that's the break. Right? That's, that's how it goes. <laughs> hey, hey, we'll see what happens later in the year, bub. Good luck to everybody. ScoutFantasy.com. Use the code REDBLUE3. Three months for the price of one. See you guys next week. Bye. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.